Welcome to Season 2 of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We are so delighted that you have joined us during this Christmas season. Are you excited about Christmas, Sua? I already confess that I am basic AF yes. and I love Christmas. What did you say? Basic what? AF? Okay, hold on. Not again. We already had this conversation. Oh, Remember? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I thought right. you're supposed to be brushing that's, up on your lingo. Um, no, no, I, I can't. Um, you that, can't? That, that's, uh, that's, that's an inappropriate um, acronym, isn't it? You know what's like inappropriate? You know what's inappropriate? What? When you, when people say, I, I'm not going to say who, but when people say things like, we dance the night away. That's me. I feel like that's, that's inappropriate. Me. Yeah, Wait, I know. What do you mean? <laughs> What do you mean? Nobody That's has said that since like 1982. Okay, we need to stop. We need to. Language evolves. Okay, language evolves. To like to our Gen Z listeners, if we yeah. have any, you basically sound like those people that are like you know the people who wrote the hymns, like people who are like thou hymns art fantastic. That's right, fantastic James today. Like that's literally what it sounds like. I, I speak. I still speak in the 80s, and you know what? It's though, like ye honestly, old English. Yes, it's it's a little <laughs> contagious because my kids sometimes use my my language like what sometimes. you know i don't know i forget exactly what but i know that like christian especially he'll say things that i say quite a bit so i don't know if it's 80 ish but he will say things okay, that i say well, so i'm waiting to see the day that christian says he danced the night away <laughs> i don't think he'll ever dance so i don't think he'll ever be able to say that so if he danced <laughs> maybe he would so um but yeah that's weird jenny dances jenny's an excellent dancer but uh, Christian actually can dance. He can. He He's actually won't. a pretty good dancer. Yeah, because when he was a little kid, we used to do the Dance Central, and he would actually do well. Kayla is the best dancer in the family. Oh, she wow, got really. She got killer moves. Killer really? moves. Christina got a little too much of my genes, unfortunately. <laughs> she she's got rock legs, so she can't. She doesn't move that well with a beat. I'm sorry, but, Christina, know, for fun. him throwing you under the bus fun. here. Yeah, she has fun. That's all that matters, right? Uh, yes, you you're right. Dance or not, right? As long yes. as you have fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We got a really important question. Now, because we're in the Christmas season and it's coming up in you know, like just a few days, I guess. Uh, so what was the worst Christmas gift you have ever gotten in your life? The worst Christmas gift you have ever gotten in your entire life? Okay. So I will say that I have not re- like I have not really done proper Christmas gifts for a very long time because John do and mean? I don't do Christmas gifts. John doesn't gifts. buy you Christmas gifts? No, we don't do Christmas gifts oh. t- for each other. Um, and then also, like, when I was younger, I would just pick out what I wanted and my parents would just buy it for me. So there was very little opportunity for there nice. to be real fail gifts. However, yeah. I will tell you, there was, was one year instant. in eighth grade. In eighth grade, okay. Yeah, there was one year in eighth grade where... So the only like mystery surprise presents I would get would be from my friends, right? Because mm. like, I'm not telling them to buy me certain things. Yeah. And so there was one year in eighth grade where oh, I no. received from three separate friends skunk related items. What do you mean? I don't, like skunk, I got, like spray? Yeah, I got, no. So I got a <laughs> stationary set with skunks on it. And then somebody bought me a Beanie Baby of Pepe Le Pew, which is a skunk. And then somebody else gave me like another skunk, like Christmas slipper or something. And it didn't, I didn't realize until a few years later, maybe they were trying to send me a message. Like maybe I smelled bad. No, I don't think that. Because oh, wait a girls minute, wait are a minute. mean. You never talked about like you love Pepe Le Pew or something like that. No, or... that's why no? it's weird. Because, okay, for example, my friend Jen wow. Shin, shout out to my friend Jen Shin, she loves skunks. 
Like she really has researched all of these things about how you can degland them so that they don't spray you. And she wants to have a skunk pet one day. Oh, there's, no, my there's like God. a no pet policy tell in her, her apartment. Tell complex. her right by my house. There's probably like a family of 15 <laughs> that live here that if she wants to ever, I'll capture one for her. Okay, so she, she could do that. That would not be weird because she likes skunks and it's she's yeah. made it known. Yes, yes. I yes. have never in my life ever had a thing for skunks, nor have I ever professed a love for skunks. So the fact that three friends decided to give me something awesome. that was skunk themed. I yeah. feel like they were trying to send me a message. And unfortunately, because I'm so freaking obtuse, I don't think I realized it until like years later when I was like, wait a minute, why did all my friends give me skunk items? <laughs> Maybe it smelled really bad. This is when you were in the States, right? Like eight, eighth grade. Like eighth maybe grade. it smelled like kimchi or something. Well, may, may, maybe your house, like there was a lot of skunks and maybe, you know, when it sprays, so like maybe it got on your clothes a couple of times and people smelled you and like, oh, I smell. No, I bet you, it was either the sesame oil, you know, the, the sesame oil. oil. That's right. Which just, smells that's what like skunks skunk? smell like. It's or not that bad of a it's smell. just like Korean smell. Like, you know how we like, like, okay, like Lila. So I don't, sorry. So were these it's, white I'm, friends? Were these white friends? Like two white team? friends and an Indian friend. Ooh. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm like, maybe they, mm. like, I smelled like a Korean person. I mean, it's slightly un maybe. off topic, but Lila recently went to school and was having a conversation with one of her friends and she was telling them like, you know, Koreans don't have body odor. Like we don't have armpit odor. And yeah. this friend literally started yelling at her saying, you're a liar. Oh. Saying, like everybody has body odor. And Lila was like, no, I'm serious. Koreans don't have body odor. <laughs> um, except then it brought me back to this. I was like, yeah, we may not have body odor, but we got but food odor. We smell odor. like garlic. Yeah, you know, yeah, We smell yeah, like yeah. kimchi everywhere we go. So maybe that was it. And so that was probably the worst year for me, except I didn't realize it was the worst year until like three years later. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So if we want to get under your skin, audience, get her some kind of skunk gift. There you go. We'll get I under mean, your skin. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what, like, th there's no other explanation, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this no, is another there, example there of how people trying to be mean to me, it utterly yep. fails because in order yeah. for sometimes like the person has to actually understand what you're doing for them to actually yep. be offended. Yep. But I am so stupid that it didn't even register that perhaps they were trying to send me a mean message. Like the mean message was just like rejected. It just bounced <laughs> right off of me because I just didn't process it. And this is how I operate. Or maybe if a, like if you send me something, if you say something mean to me, like I'll probably yeah. be mad at you in three years. Well, may maybe in school, uh, you know, maybe you brought you bought lunch from home, and maybe your mom, you know, made you stuff that had a lot of sesame oil in it or something. I like will that. say that I've never. Um, so I had a talk recently with one of um, my cousins, and he was saying something about how when he was young, his mom would pack him Korean food, and mm. he was so embarrassed that he would flush it down the toilet mm. or like before eating lunch. Yeah. Um, except I will say. I've never had an experience like that because I did not give, I gave zero, sorry, I'm I'm using like really bad lingo. I just didn't care. I didn't care if people said stuff. So my yeah. mom, we were laughing because my parents had recently visited and we were joking about how I would literally pack like, you know, the Korean radish kimchi, like yeah. you know, the stuff that goes yeah. in like bibimbap. Yeah. I would like pack that in my lunches and I would not care. See, and that's I, the reason why they, they gave you the skunk presents. No, then. but this yeah, was they like, are sending you a message. Maybe. Like I used to bring like japagetti, you know, like yeah. well, for lunch. Yeah. Delicious. Still yeah, delicious. Yeah, but my point is like I've yeah. never been somebody who's very self conscious about yeah. as people long are going to judge don't, me. As long as you don't bring <laughs> Chang with you. 
I don't even <laughs> like Jungkook. Oh, I it's... love Jungkook Jung. It's so. Oh, delicious. you do. I, I, oh, for our non-Korean listeners, yeah. um, Jungkook Jung is like. I don't know how to explain it. It's like a deeply Korean fermented bean paste, like deeply fermented. But it's not bean like the paste. regular like miso no. style, like no. bean paste. It's like uber it's, fermented. It's like rotting. It smells <laughs> like fart. Like it. It like smells a fart bad. explosion. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But it tastes and you like, like it. Heaven. So it tastes like heaven. Yeah, it tastes like heaven. I love it. I so that, I hope that is not what heaven smells like. Well, well, that's a disappointing gift, Sue. I would, I would have been mm-hmm. disappointed. But you, knowing you, you probably pretended you liked the gift. No, I I did like the gift. I did like the gift because I thought they were cute. But then it didn't register until a few years later that maybe there was a reason why people (laughs) were giving me skunks. Oh, you're so naive and innocent. Interesting. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Uh, I'm a moron. No, no. It's just you're so naive. It's fine. You're so naive. The naivete. It's a weak pastor podcast after all. That's right. That's right. So for me, I would say the the worst gift that I could really, really remember. and And I might have shared this at a podcast before. I don't know if I did. But um, when I was young, you know, because Christmas gifts really are meaningful when you're a kid, right? You're like as an adult now, it's like, yeah, you know, it's it's pretty cool. But it's not like I'm looking forward to like getting all these Christmas gifts. And plus, Jenny is not the type that goes out and buys Christmas gifts because I'm kind of picky. So she's just kind of like, "What do you want?" And and I'm like, oh, "That's kind of what I want." She's like, "Okay, well, that'll, let that be a Christmas gift. Go get it." You know, and stuff. So I, a lot of times I do my own Christmas gift shopping. You know, stuff like that. Um, and then sometimes I'll tell like my kids, like this time around, I say, "Kids." Honey, get in the kitchen. And I'll, I'll tell them, I was like, this year's Christmas gift, I would love to, if you would consider buying me a tennis racket because I've been getting back into tennis. Oh, that's right. And and so we've been talking about that. So I still haven't gotten it. I'm still contemplating if I should or not. But anyway, so like, so I don't get disappointed in the gifts. But I would say my greatest disappointment was I was living in Elmhurst, Queens. I was probably like in first grade. You know, when your Christmas gifts are like really special times. And, you know, I really believe like in Santa. Like I believe Santa came and gave <laughs> gifts and stuff like that. And so I got up in the morning and I went to the tree and I opened up my gift and it was a pair of black polyester socks. Yeah, I remember the story. Sua, <laughs> I was horrified. How old was, were you? First grade, maybe? Okay, that's first sad. Grade? That's sad. And I don't even wear black socks. I only wore white it was socks. Like the, back it was like days. that Korean like dress socks. Yeah. Like men wear, like old socks. men wear with their like, like, suits on just, Sunday. I was mortified. I was like, what? yeah, that's pretty what sad. Like, how much of a bad kid was I, Santa, for you to give me oh, a pair no. of socks? I oh, was no. like devastated. And Wait, then later. So hold I, on, hold on. So you believe that Santa brought you these socks. Yeah, but you know what? I think oh, I believe now this this is my memory. Oh, so I think I did believe though that Santa was my mom, right? Because I think one time I caught her doing something and like like in the middle of the night, and I was like, oh, okay, it's my mom. So then I realized at that moment, like this was what my mom got me. And I was like, why? Okay, so you didn't think Santa brought you the socks? No, 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 no. I didn't. Okay, okay. But I thought, why would my mom get me a pair of black paw? I don't even wear anything dressy. (laughs) And, you know, at at the time, we just were so poor. We were so poor. Um, My mother didn't have the money to go and buy me anything. And, And so I think that was just all she could do and all she could afford at the time. But I think the year after that, or maybe two years after that, man, I think like she realized how disappointed I was. I got my greatest Christmas Christmas gift. All right. My greatest Christmas gift ever. She bought me a chips, like the chips was like a um, it was a show on TV. It was called California. Yeah, thanks for Highway clarifying that for our control. young listeners. 
Yeah. So it was it was an old it was this great show with Ponch and John and all that stuff. And it was my favorite show. My mom got me the chips set. So I had the helmet. I had the gun, <laughs> the handcuffs. I had the baton. I had everything like the whole outfit. And it was like the greatest. Was gift this the I next year? Seen. I think it was the next year or maybe the year after. I don't remember exactly when, but I think it, it, I, I probably should be the next year because my mom saw how disappointed I was. And I was so happy. But that sock, I still have not forgotten it. It was the worst gift because I never wore it. I mean, there's no reason for me to wear it. I just, I, I was mortified that I got that sock. So that was my greatest, the worst gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. The worst great I gift mean, I've ever gotten in my entire life. That's pretty terrible. It is. I mean, I mean, they I mean, weren't even like Christmas socks or like, like Nike socks. Gum. Get me you some know? gum or chocolate or yeah, something. Yeah, like, you know? like dress I would, socks. I would love that better, but dress socks. I bet you, you know she regifted that. It was I probably you, something that like your dad received. No, exactly. That's yeah, exactly what I was gonna say. I bet you my dad got it, yeah. and she's like, "We don't have money, so you know what? Let me just let me just give him a pair of your old these socks." And it, it would never fit me, right? Because there are these, you know, there's dark socks like that are for adults, and not for little children. So anyway, so I mean, okay, so a little like unrelated PSA, but I did read something recently about how it would be really great if the parents who are financially comfortable or well off would designate the the lesser priced items from santa so mm. that the kids don't come to school on, in january saying why did she get the you know the nintendo switch or whatever whereas i only got a box of crayons maybe santa thinks i wasn't a good boy or i wasn't a good girl Wait. um wow so th you, know, you got like a notice like that from your school? No, 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 no. I just read something recently on oh, the internet saying okay. like, wow. you know, it's really difficult for us as people who cannot afford to buy our children these expensive yeah, things yeah. when like, so it would be really like helpful to us if you say mommy bought you this, mommy yeah. and daddy bought you this game console, but yeah, Santa yeah. brought you like this coloring book because at yep. the end of the day, they still get the gift. It's just yep. more a matter of not shaming yeah. The children who feel like maybe they weren't good, and that's why Santa didn't bring them the good gift because they all understand their parents' financial situation. They yeah. just don't understand the Santa concept. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like when Lila lost her tooth, and I gave her, and this I thought I was being generous. We gave her twenty dollars for her first $20 tooth. Dollars for we didn't have change, so I was like, you know what? Just give it to her. It's her first <laughs> tooth, and also she's developmentally a little delayed, so she lost her first tooth two years after all her friends had already lost her first teeth. So we were like, you know what? It's been a long time coming. Just give her the twenty. But the the crazy thing is, the next day she got it, and instead of being like, wow, twenty dollars, she was like, well, Claire got a hundred dollars. But you know what? It's because oh she her teeth God. are really shiny, and so you can oh already see gosh. there's this kind. Of like, oh, I must have done something wrong, and that's why I got a lesser um, reward than the other friend. And so, imagine what how that plays out if you're somebody who believes in Santa and you have asked for this very expensive yeah. gift, and they got it, but you didn't. It automatically makes you feel like you must have done something bad. Do your it kids can be very believe problematic? Do your kids believe in Santa? My older one doesn't because um, a yeah. friend told her on the school bus yeah. that it wasn't real. And then the younger one is in that weird phase where like okay. she kind of believes, but sometimes yeah. she'll ask. But John yeah, and I yeah, have yeah. already agreed that if she straight up asks us, we are not going to lie to her. Yeah. Um, and because you know what I feel like that's bad. Well, you know, that's what our kids all, they all came to the room one day and they're like, okay, we want to know the truth. Wait, together though? Because they're all different they ages. Yeah, I know. They, but I think, I think, uh, I think Christina knew, but she didn't say anything. No, no, she didn't know. All three didn't know. They were young. That's so they were interesting. Young. And they came in and they said, we want to know. Um, 
is there Santa or not? Tell us the truth. And we said, okay, fine. You want to know the truth? There is no Santa. And they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, okay, I thought so. Somebody in school said it's not real. And I was like, okay, great. Well, there's no more gifts from Santa anymore. And they're like, oh, shoot. Like they realized ignorance is bliss here because they used to get two gifts, right? Mm -hmm. One from mm -hmm. us and one yes. from Santa, but now they're not getting any gift yep. from Santa. They're just getting exactly. a gift from mom and dad. And they were like, this was not a good smart move. It that was we not, did. We it was such an Adam and Eve move right there. You yeah, know, they wanted like, to know, but. They want to know the truth, the yep. and they didn't realize now they only going to get one yep. gift. Anyway. They should have. If they were really smart, they would have just played it out until they were like twenty. Yes, yes. So speaking of disappointments with gifts, uh, <laughs> that's a Sua. That's a smooth segue. You gotta, you gotta admit that's a pretty smooth just, segue. Just roll with it. It's okay. too late now. Speaking of disappointments with worst gifts we've ever gotten, uh, we wanted to talk today actually about a very serious topic, and so we're going to kind of shift moods here. We want to talk about disappointment with God, all right? Disappointment with God. The reality is Philip Yancey wrote a book back in the 80s, um, and it was called Disappointment with God. And it was like one of the bestsellers. A lot of people brought it. And I think what he did was that he normalized that being disappointed with God is okay. It's not a sin for you to be disappointed with God. And I think he gave people permission uh, to be okay. And, and if you read the Bible, especially the Psalms, you realize that no, disappointment with God is kind of a normal thing yeah. in our relationship with him. So I think we want to do a show on that. We want to uh, devote an episode about disappointment with God. And I think part of this was that I want to sue on myself to kind of share uh, like a time when we were actually disappointed with God. And, uh, and then maybe we can kind of talk about what are some of the origins of how we actually get to a place where we get disappointed with God. Like, how does that actually happen? And uh, what is kind of like that posture that leads us to be disappointed with God? And then what is the posture that we kind of might need to have so that we don't get so disappointed with God? Because I think everyone's different. Some people get more disappointed than others. Some people get disappointed regularly with God. And then other people don't get disappointed with God hardly at all, right? And so there's a spectrum there. And so I think that there could possibly be ways in how we can maybe grow from it. So anyway, Sua, what I wanted to ask you was, when was the last time you were legit disappointed with God? I have, I knew this was the topic. Yes. Coming in this week. Yes. And I have thought about it so, so much. I even consulted my husband, John, and was like, John, I need mm -hmm. a time when I was really disappointed with God. Because obviously, John knows the way I think. And when yes. I'm going through things, he's like the first person who knows. Yes. And like, I mean, there wasn't a time when you became the mongoose, you know, because you were so disappointed. At John, but not oh, at okay, God. Oh, God. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. So, okay, so I, so I was kind of talking about this with John while we were eating lunch two days ago, and um, I do think there's a couple of factors, and the answer is I have, but also not very recently, and I, I thought about why this would be because like you said i don't think it's unchristian to be disappointed with god right i mean right in fact i think it's probably really unhealthy to have disappointment with god and then not be honest about it and have it build into like a resentment or distance from god because you're not being honest about the way mm. you feel and um, i know you talk about this a lot in your sermons like god is big enough for our feelings right god is yep. big enough to handle our anger towards him and so if you look at the psalms like it's very very raw and honest and i think that's actually a very healthy practice to yep. be honest with god about our feelings. But for me, um, on one hand, and I say this a lot, I have not had a very tragedy filled life. Like I have not had a very tumultuous childhood. Yep. I have not had a very tumultuous adulthood. Yes, I've had 
you know, certain struggles in my life, because that's part of the life that we live. But there's never been anything in my life that's been so tragic that I was like, well, this is just insurmountable. Like I can't. Yeah. Another part of it is, remember, my background's in social work. Yeah. So I have, as part of my daily job, seen some of the most horrible things that have, have could happen to people. For mm. example, when I was 20 years old, I spent a year working in the pediatric bone marrow transplant unit where 70% of my patients died and they were all under the age of 12. Yeah. Um, and I had one patient who was 10 and this was his fifth relapse with cancer and he ultimately died. Mm. Um, and I think when you are 20 and you, this is your day to day where you're constantly um, kind of walking with families who are dealing with real tragedies like this. And some of just, I think you have a view of the world where you realize like, it's not a just place. Like it is just yeah. not a yeah. good, it's a very, you're very exposed to the fallen, broken nature of the world. You know, I had yes. um, my coworker who at 29 got breast cancer and had to have a double mastectomy. And then um, when she got pregnant a few years after that, her children um, had a like a, in utero, they got infected with a virus and they were, she was told to terminate her pregnancy. Like, and I just remember thinking, this is so unfair. And I know that sounds such an elementary yeah. thought, but like in my mind, it's like Absolutely. my friend already had breast cancer at 29. Mm -hmm. Like she has mm -hmm. no breasts. Like she had to go through chemo and radiation. They told yeah. her she might go into menopause, but then yeah. magically she got pregnant and now she has to terminate her pregnancy. Like, how yeah. is this fair? You know, like I had my other coworker who got diagnosed with colon cancer at 27 and ended up dying from a leukemia from the radiation and chemo at 33, you know? And yeah. so I think while I myself have not had like real tragic things happen in my personal like life, I have been witness in a very close way to really how crappy and unjust the world can be and yeah. how like quote unquote karma doesn't seem to really be in existence because you know you kind of there's a part of you that believes oh this person has had their struggles in life now so they should be set for life because they've mm. had enough crap happen to them and then you see it that's not how it plays out a lot of times right. there is no rhyme or reason or some just measure of equal struggles that everybody receives like sometimes it's so haphazard and it seems to be so out of our control hmm. um and i think that really shaped the way i think to the degree where um i don't i've never believed that i'm immune yeah to crap things happening to me and i would never say that's because of like i wouldn't say if something really terrible happened to me i would hope or at least I would think it's, I wouldn't blame God on it. I would just say that's the nature of the world mm. we live in. It's the sin of the world we live in. So Sua, these two friends of yours, one that passed from leukemia and the other one who had to terminate her child, uh, her pregnancy. Well, she didn't like, actually. That's another oh, whole story, but oh, okay. yeah, she was told to, but she didn't. Okay. That's another and, whole story. And she yeah. gave birth to healthy kids. Um, another story. Another it's time. another story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, but on, but honestly, that could be an opportunity for you to be disappointed with God. Because I'm sure you prayed for them, you know, and I prayed, yeah. you know, that you know things would go well and so forth. But you could have prayed and asked God to come through, but you know He didn't. So would those instances or those two examples be, you know, examples of when you were actually disappointed with God, or was it not? Were you just kind of like I'm trusting in God's care, 
and he knows best. And so I'm just going to surrender it to him. So I'm just trying to get a little bit deeper there. Like, so would you have said like in, th in those two examples, were you disappointed in God? Um, okay. So in, in the examples with the only example, and I've talked about this before where I was truly, you know, quote unquote, disappointed or angry with God was the story where my friend actually ended up dying yeah. um, because the other stories I feel like, and maybe this is the optimist in me. Like, I just feel like God can redeem everything. Right, right, Not right. saying that it's God gave you these things yeah. for some purpose. I hate when people say crap, like, Oh, God has a plan for mm. this or, you know, but I, I also don't think that means God can't redeem the really, yeah. really terrible yeah. parts of life to bring glory to God and to yeah. bring you closer to him. So I genuinely believe in the power of redemption that God has. But I think in the story of my friend Emily, um, she passed away. And yeah. I feel like it was so final. Yeah. And I think it was the finality of that where yeah. I was like, where is the redemption now? Mm. You know, like where, how can you redeem this? Like she died. Yeah. Like yeah, she's dead. Yeah. Like she's not longer, no longer here. Like, yeah. How do you redeem? Like her, her baby was terminated. Like, how do you yeah. redeem this? And I yeah. think that was the disappointment for me because um, there was no to be continued. Well, so so I think the thing is that sometimes what happens is that when people get disappointed with God, they lose faith in God. Right? Did that happen for you when you when when your friend Emily passed away? Did you start to lose faith in God? because of that disappointment again i think i shared about this before yeah this was this was the episode when i started getting all emotional i will not do that this yeah. time no but no I you're do, more than welcome no no but that. i do remember yeah. um after it happened this this was around the time when um linda you know linda pastor kevin who used to linda be on swanson. staff yep, yeah linda yep. swanson she had been doing this like spiritual advising for all the staff yes, yes. and so i remember that happened and the next week i was sitting in linda's house and I was telling her about it, and I was just so mad. Yeah, like, I was so good, mad at good. God. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you know, I I just couldn't pray because every time mm. I would try to pray, I would get so mad. Like I would mm -hmm. have this like rush of emotion where I was like, "Why would you do this? Like, where do we mm. go from here? You know, like, um, just yeah, like where? Like, I just remember thinking, "There's no redemption here. There's yeah. no redemption here." And I yeah. think that was what really. Um, was the thing that was different with this particular story mm. versus the other ones. You yeah. know, like I've had, and when I talked to John about it, I was like, there, yeah, of course I've had disappointments. I've had struggles with my, you know, when my parents left for Korea and I had to, you know, I, I just, I don't see them for years. You know, I always had this picture of my life where I would raise my kids and my parents would be there to see my kids grow up, but they're, they don't see them until like three years later. You know, this is not the mm -hmm. kind of life I envisioned as a parent. Um, yeah. I've had struggles with my brother who yeah. just constantly first a story for another time, but just, it just doesn't seem to get better. Yeah. Um, I've had struggles with, you know, when John broke his back when I was pregnant and they told him possibly he couldn't do his residency because yep. he might not be able to stand for long periods of time and he yeah. would have chronic disability. There's been these times, but there was always that power, like the possibility of God could redeem this. God yeah. is still in charge and God can use this story for his good. And the yeah. story continues. Whereas yeah. in the story of Emily, the story I feel like could not continue because she yeah. had died. And yeah. I think that was the thing that and really was she a Christian or not a, or, or not a Christian. She grew up Catholic, but like I said, I okay. don't, I don't know yeah. where she was yeah. in her faith. Okay. And I think that's that was why, another, that was so the final. other part yeah. of it was yeah. like, yeah. 
where does she go? Like, where does, sure. you know, I don't want to think about the afterlife necessarily because yeah. it's not like I can do anything about it now, but there yeah. was that sense of guilt on my part too. Like maybe I should, like it should have, mm -hmm. I should have been more urgent mm -hmm. about this, mm -hmm. you know, like I really mm -hmm. should have um, talked to her about this yeah. as the yeah. person in her life who knows, you know? And so there were, there were a lot of things intermingled. Um, yeah. But to answer your question, I don't think then I, obviously I did not then walk away from yeah. God. And like I said in the previous episode, it was more about me lashing out at God, but directly. Yeah. Like it yeah. wasn't like, I'm just going to harbor these feelings and I'm done. It was more like, God, what the freak? Like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Um, and me just kind of bringing the feelings to God, not yeah. holding them in and walking away from God. So, so I think what you're saying is, and for our listeners, I think this is important because I think being disappointed with God is not an uncommon thing. It's not an unchristian thing to do, but I think what's important is that kind of what you did, Sue, was that you were grieving with God. Um, you grieve towards God. And through that, there was healing that was brought through it, right? Because if we don't grieve the disappointments that we have, um, I think what's going to end up happening is that we're going to be bitter, we're going to lose faith, and we're going to potentially walk away, you know? So I think that kind of happens. But anyway, yeah. So um, that's a, that's, that's, I, I was, I was thinking about it myself and I was thinking like, when was the last time I was legit, like disappointed with God? And I would say like, so I struggle with this as well. And I think part of it is just, you know, I think part of this is that I realized that we live in a very broken world, broken things happen to us as a result of that. And so I think for me, like I can, I can almost like rationalize it all the time. The other thing is that, you know, some of my greatest lessons that I've learned actually have come and grown, have come through my deep trials and some of my tribulations. Mm -hmm. So I know that God's always working, even in the midst of deep loss and hurts and things like that, that God is always working in my life. But I think for me, uh, my greatest disappointment I've had with God was probably when I was a teenager. And um, I don't know what grade I was in. I think I think I was in ninth grade or eighth grade. It's one of those years. And, and my parents had spent... They borrowed money. You know how Koreans like to borrow, help their friends. Yeah. They ask, hey, can I borrow yeah. some money? I want to start a business. So my parents had like a gift store at their um, uh, at, at, a, at a place. It was like on 96th Street in Broadway. It was a good location. And it just never did well in business. It was like a gift store. It had like, you know, some, we sold some sneakers and shoes and stuff like that. It just never did well. And they really believed that a jewelry store would really help. You know, my father was a watchmaker, so he could fix watches mm -hmm. too and stuff like that. So they just thought, you know what, let's do a jewelry store and I think it'll work. And they borrowed money from their friends. They put all their money into it. And, you know, we were excited. We were just really excited. Like, I still remember, like, in my living room, my mom bought all this gold. And she just showed everything. She showed us all this gold, the jewelry. And we were so excited about it. And um, and so, yeah. So, I don't. I forget how long they were doing the business. But it wasn't very long since they opened up. And then they just opened up. And I think they were doing okay. But they weren't doing great. And then they got robbed at gunpoint. And um, they took all the jewelry and oh not only that, God. but they, you know, they physically, you know, they punched my mom, they punched my dad, you know, and stuff like that. And so like one day I, they come home from work and usually I'm like pretty, you know, happy and I'm like, Hey, what's up, mom, dad, what, how you doing? They just like, they look like death. And I, I was just like, what happened? And then they just shared mm. today robbed and three guys came in oh and they took gosh. everything. And, you know, like my mom was just like, you know, we lost everything. And she was so sad. You know, we don't have insurance. We're not going to get yeah. paid, you know, yeah. all that stuff. We actually had a little button that would signal for the cops to come, you know, like, so like if just in case right. we do get robbed and like, you know, they never came. 
you know, they only came after my father actually had to dial 911, you know, and stuff like that. And so we just like, it was just so like awful. And I just, I still remember this so vividly. So I was young. I, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't really give my life fully to God till I was like in 10th grade, but I still went to church regularly. But uh, I was so angry at God. Like I just, I was starting to pray and I was yelling at him. And like, I'm not proud of this, but I'm just going to be honest. I gave him the middle finger while I was praying. Like literally? I, literally. Mm -hmm. I, I, and it, and I just said, I'm done with you. Like you have done nothing but just like mess us up. Like every time we try and have hope as a family to start a business, things like this happen. Like, what are you doing? And I was so angry with him. I was so angry. So I think that was probably the, the, the last time I was really like thoroughly, thoroughly disappointed. But it was deeply rooted in my anger, yeah. right? Deeply rooted in my anger. And I did lose faith. I'm going to be honest. I did lose faith. I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm done with you. Like, I am so done with you. Like, why should I even have any expectations that you're going to come and help us, you know, like during this time, because my mom and dad are hard workers. Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying their best. They're borrowing, they borrowed money from their friends and now they lost everything, you know, and stuff like that. So it was like one of those, it just keeps, life just keeps getting worse, you know, for us. So I think that was probably the last time, but I will say, you know, since then I've, I've grown and I've learned some things, you know, of course, just because of life. And I will say that, you know, one of the things I think the reason why we get disappointed and some of you like, like situations like that, I think are completely understandable, but some of us will get disappointed in God if like, um, you know, like, I don't know, if we don't get the gift that we wanted, or if we don't get accepted to a school, or if, you know, if the guy says no, we ask on a date or the girl says no, like sometimes we get that some of us get disappointed with God with such frequency that I do think that could be unhealthy. And I think one of the things that we need to realize is this, is that God's concerns and priorities oftentimes differs greatly from our own. And I think one of the, sometimes what might disappoint us at times, part of it is that I don't think our priorities and our concerns are aligned with God's. And we're expecting God to align our concerns and our priorities with his. And when that doesn't happen, we get disappointed. And I think one of the things that we have to realize, and I think, Sue, I think the reason why you and I really struggle with this and answering this question, and I'm not, I'm not tooting your horn or even my horn, but I think we're trying. We're not great at it, but we're trying to concern ourselves with the things that concern God. We're trying to do our best to prioritize some things uh, that are that is that is of high priority to God. Like we're trying that, and so when we do, I think we do get less disappointed. But when you expect God to concern Himself and to prioritize your priorities all the time, we get disappointed. And sometimes that could be really a dangerous path because you can't really grow in those moments because you're constantly expecting God to do all these little things. Like you didn't get a good bonus this year. You're angry at God. And it's like sometimes we use God as an excuse and uh, and we have to be careful with that because, you know, we have to realize we also live in a very broken world. And sometimes we also have to, have to take accountability for our own actions, you know, as well and stuff. So, you know, I think sometimes there's got to be a balance between that. And I think sometimes when people are so focused on their own, uh, on, on wanting God to sort of align with their priorities and concerns, that could be a real big problem. Any thoughts on that, Sua? Yes. Um I was listening to another podcast and they were discussing what discussing what um what it means to be saved. Like what does that mean mm -hmm. for us really? And this person <clears throat> said something very interesting. He said um we often look at salvation in the sense of like oh in the moment our sins are forgiven and now we have insurance to go to heaven. But a lot of times salvation is 
kind of more a question of allegiance in your daily life. Yes. Like, who are you putting on the throne every day? Like, who are you yep. surrendering to every day? And a lot of times we miss that because we're so focused on the salvation of yes. the afterlife, but yeah. we're not every day surrendering to God and saying, yeah. you are sitting on the throne of our lives. Um, and I thought that was so poignant because um, I think a lot of times we miss the point of eternal life or salvation when we reduce it to just insurance after death. Um, because like you're saying, if we're focused all the time on the expectations that we have for God based on what we want yep. in our lives, then ultimately we are sitting on the throne of our lives and yes. asking God, do this for me, do that yep. for me. And then when he doesn't deliver, then we get disappointed because yes. he did not work under our lordship, you know, of our own lives. Right. Yeah, do you and, know what I mean? And yeah. that is and that is sinful practice. Like I I I want our audience to realize that. And I did some writing on this recently um called casual Christianity. Mm. That that is what a casual Christian is. A casual Christian is somebody who doesn't concern themselves or prioritize their lives with the things that concerns God and mm -hmm. what God wants them to prioritize their life with. Casual Christianity is really expecting God to align with your concerns right. and your priorities. And, you know, I wrote in this thing, I said that, you know, casual Christians believe in a different kind of tr trinity. It's not God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's me, myself, and I. Yeah. And we pursue God based upon that. We pursue him in hopes that he would just benefit me. And that's just not what it, that's not what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And exactly what you said, our goal every day is to surrender ourselves to the Lordship of Jesus and let him be the king of our lives and surrender ourselves in that way. And when we don't have that posture, if we don't have that posture semi-regularly, uh, we become these casual Christians yeah. and we will constantly get disappointed with yes. God. But the reality is, God has very different concerns and priorities than what you're always asking him to do for you. And when you, when God is on the throne, I think we can approach it differently. And we still will get disappointed with God because we see a litany of characters yeah. in the Bible where they have gotten disappointed with God. But when he's sitting on the throne, it's very different. And I think like what you did, you said that you grieved. You grieved with God mm -hmm. and he comes and he heals you. And that's one of the things that Yancey says in his book. He says that when we get disappointed with God, they're invitations. They're invitations for us to encounter a love from God that is much mm -hmm. deeper than if we weren't disappointed with him. And that's what he was, he's making the point that that's actually integral for us to go deeper in understanding the love of God. And I think that's really key. That's really key for us to sort of take away with it and realize it. And I would say like for Sua, for me, but the most recent disappointment I think I had was um, the death of a, of a real good friend at church. His name is Romolo. And uh, he's been like a family friend. Like he basically like poured into my son Christian since he was 12 years old with baseball. And he would get together with him like two, three times a week, just training mm -hmm. him every day. I'd get together with him. He was a part of our church. He came out to the Friday morning prayer meetings. The guy was on fire for God. Prior to coming Metro, he didn't even care about God, you know, never even thought about God. And, and you know, and then he comes to Metro through his daughter's invitation and he surrenders and gives his life to mm -hmm. Jesus. And he just, he becomes this radical. And in the same time, he's become a family friend because he's always pouring into Christian and telling, tell, you know, trying to help him to grow up to be the best baseball player, but more importantly, the best man he can become. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he was diagnosed with cancer as well, stomach uh, cancer. And, you know, that's uh, that's bad. And um, 
and uh, actually his intestinal cancer he had. And it was mm -hmm. really awful and it was very aggressive. And I prayed. I mean, I just said, God, please spare his life. You know, please. You know, he's got so much more work to do. And he has such a passion to want to bring yeah. the gospel to the Latino community yeah. in Englewood. And, you know, we were talking about starting a Spanish congregation. He was so excited. He was going to be one of the key members. And if he was alive today, he would be the key member because we're starting to have meetings with, with the Latino mm -hmm. community, the community, because we do have Pastor Josue, who is the pastor, and he's going to be starting a, a church. <gasps> Wait, you know, really? Josue? Josue is going to be starting my, a church. My Guatemalan friend? Yeah, your Guatemalan friend. Oh, he's, shout out. He's going to start a church, hopefully within the next year and a half, two years at Metro, and he's going That's to be in a Hispanic church. Yeah. And so we're really excited about that. And Romulo would have been the core team. He would have been the one that would have been like the greatest supporter of Josue because he is so oh, gifted with evangelism. Yeah. I mean, he just leads people to Christ and he, he invites people to everything. He's just, he's got such a boldness to him. And so I prayed, I prayed. I prayed for years that, you know, like for about a year, year and a half when he was diagnosed with it. And uh, yeah, and he passed away and it was just really sad. And I know it was definitely difficult for my son, Christian. It was really hard for him, you know, to to deal with that because it was the first person he actually loved very much who mm -hmm. passed away. And it was hard for me. And there was a disappointment in God and that I had. But again, it was this, how I got through it was just lamenting and grieving with God through it. And that helped me so much. And, you know, being connected with some of my close friends and connecting with his family and making sure that, you know, that, that, you know, that we're connecting and mourning and grieving together. And that helped, that really helped. But, you know, disappointment with God happens and it happens regularly uh, in our lives, but it shouldn't happen from a posture where you are on the throne, like you said, Sua, and you expect God to answer your wishes. It's kind of like you you like you see God as like uh, an employee of yours, right? That right. you dispatch for your own purposes. Um, if that's if that's your posture, then yeah, you really are a casual Christian and you're not really a Christian. You're just not really believing in, in who God really is. But we are called to surrender and surrender our lives to God in that way. And so we have to do that and allow him to be on the throne of our lives so that, you know, we can move forward. And during this Christmas season, I'm sure that some of you who might be listening, you have quite a bit of disappointments, you know, and stuff. And um, I hope, I hope that you would be able to get to a place where you can grieve it, but also at the same time, really let God be the throne, be on the throne of your lives in that way. So any other thoughts you have, Sua? Um, yeah, since we're talking about Christmas, you know, um, I think the, the big lie that entered the world through Adam and Eve and, you know, that first act of disobedience, I think it was like this constant questioning of like, does God really love me? Like, does God really love me? Cause if God really loved me, wouldn't he do X, Y, and Z? Um, yeah. and we constantly question that, right? Like, does God really yeah. love me? And I think that's one yeah. of the reasons why we walk away and from our disappointment is God must not love me because he's yeah. allowing this to happen or God must mm. not love me because look what he's done. Like, this is, how could he not protect me from this? Or how could he not heal this person that I love? Or how could he not, you know, give me this job that I wanted? Or how could he not allow me to find my soulmate or whatever, you know, yeah. insert, yeah. Ex, you know, insert the blank here. Like God must not really love me. Mm. Um, But I think as we are in the season of Advent and we're thinking at Christmas, you know, like God sent his son as a baby to yep. be here with us, right? To yep. show us that he wants to be near us. Um, yeah. that he, he, he let his son die because he loved us. Yeah. And I think we have to keep reminding ourselves of what is the truth? Does God love you? Um, yeah. because he gives you these things that you want yeah. or has God already demonstrated 
the fullness of his love because he sent his son to die for you, mm. you know? And I think that is the true power of Christmas, whether this is historically accurate or not. Um, I think the power of Christmas is Emmanuel. Like God has come to us as yes. a baby because he loved us. So the answer to your question of the God does, because does God really love me because he won't do this? Or does God really yeah. love me because he won't give me this? God loves you and he's shown it already in the birth of his son, his death and his resurrection. And that, end of book mic drop right like that is it that is the answer right there does god love you he does look at what he's done you know since you've gotten the gift of tongues, Sua, you okay, are literally like you are literally preaching powerful truth Why bombs. Why do you keep saying? Why do you have to keep just, joking about my gift? Take of your tongues? just take your microphone off the <laughs> mic handle and just drop it, girl, because it's just you're preaching. It's so powerful. I love oh, it. I love what you're you. saying because you're you're going on. There's an anointing there, but it's so true, you know. And at the end, and I I do want to encourage our audience, like, yeah, we have to get to that place, like, and just realize that at the end. God doesn't ever have to do anything else for us mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Because he already has demonstrated his love for us through Christmas and through Easter. He has yeah. brought his son into this world and he came and he died and then he rose again from the dead. By the way, uh, if I can just do a little sidebar here for our audience who's listening, I want to highly encourage you to watch The Chosen. Have you watched this, Sua? Okay, I feel like you have amnesia because we had this exact conversation a year ago and you yeah. were like, what is The Chosen? Oh, you watched it? Yes. And so you were like, I don't so like Christian TV. Yes. And I said, okay, you should okay. still watch it. And oh he was like, this God. is really good. Sua is so good. I'm sorry. Is so I, I started watching it last week. And Sua, I can't stop crying. Every episode, I'm I bawling. I know. I'm bawling really because... Good. The character development is just outrageous. And just to see Jesus's humanity, um, I just, I can't, I can't stop watching. So we're going to watch it as a family during Christmas break. We're going to watch all three seasons. You can get the first two seasons on Amazon Prime, just in case if you guys have Prime, you can watch it on on Prime Video. Is it on Netflix? Yeah, the season one is on Netflix now. Okay. And season three is just on Angel. If you go to Angel Studios, you can just, I know you can download it through Roku. I did that. You can watch season three. They only have the first two episodes up right now, but... I'm telling you, it's so good. I want to encourage you to watch it because at the end of the day, Jesus said this in the in in the in the in one of the lines in in the, in the episodes. He said this. He goes, "I don't require much from people who are not willing to follow me. Like I don't ask anything of them, but those who I do, mm-hmm. I ask an incredible amount yeah. of sacrifice." Yeah. And folks, casual Christianity wants to believe in a God that's not asking us to make sacrifices. And folks, that's that's not real Christianity. That's mm-hmm. basically idolatry. You're worshiping a different version of God. Um, you know, real Christianity is about us. Jesus saying, you got to pick up your cross and follow me, which means that there's yeah. a sacrifice. There is a dying to yourself. There is a willingness to go all the way. And what is that all the way that Jesus desires of you and I, all of us who are listening? He wants us to inv- declare that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom Mm -hmm. of God is here and he wants us to grow and expand his kingdom. That's right. That's our mission. That's why we, we don't just love God so that we can be on this island just alone with him and just enjoy ourselves with him. Yeah, you can enjoy yourself with God, but there's a purpose to that so that you can invite others to come so they too can enjoy Mm -hmm. and encounter the powerful love of God. And when he calls us, he chooses people like us to do that. And it comes with an incredible amount of sacrifice because, you know, we live in a world where we're so hostile to it. And I read a real sad statistic, Sua, and I just got to share this with our audience. Um, Gallup did a study in May, they did a survey and they asked our, they asked Americans, 
How many of you actually believe the Bible is the word of God? 20% of Americans say that they believe that the Bible is the word of God. And you would think that number would be astronomically higher for Christians. But they ask the same question to Christians in America and only 25% said really? that they believe the Bible is the actual word of God. I am shocked. And it's so sad, but here's the reality. Here's the reality. If you are not reading the Bible regularly, you will not believe it's the word of God. You just can't. And one of the things, mm-hmm. you know, I realize is that, you know, that the things that we end up worshiping that's not God draws us away because that's what idol worship is. It draws you away from God. And when you're not reading the word of God, of course, you're not going to believe it's the word of God, right? And that's why I think it's really important for us to do that and to be in the word so that mm. we can grow and learn that he would teach us, right? It says, you know, it says in Timothy that the Bible is here to teach us and to show us what is true and what is right. wrong with our lives, right? And then it equip us to do every good work. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Bible is so important, right? And, you know, in Hebrews, it says it's like a double-edged sword. It is alive and powerful. Right. And so I hope that we can do that. But one of the things that I will say is this. Um, I love Psalm 73 because Psalm 73, what it says is that uh, David says, he said, when I try to understand all of this, all the crap that's happening, why like sinful people are thriving yeah. and they're doing great and yeah. why are why me and my people, why are we struggling and under oppression? He says to God, he says, when I try to understand all of this, it troubled me or it was oppressive to me, right? Deeply. And then he says this, until I enter the sanctuary of God. Mm. And that's the goal. The that's goal good. isn't for you to try to understand yeah. your disappointments with God. Yeah. That is not your goal. Because if you try to understand everything, because we have finite minds, it's going to be oppressive to us. It's going to trouble us always. Our calling is to enter into a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And when you enter into a sanctuary, you're not going to necessarily get answers. You're going to get more of God. And that's all you need. You just need God. And you're going to have fall in deeper trust and faith in him. And that's really, I think, how we deal with our disappointments. You go to God, not necessarily trying to understand everything, but you go and enter a sanctuary. Because the more you try to understand everything, it's just going to be oppressive to you. And maybe five, 10 years down the road, you're going to realize that was actually a good thing. And I realized that recently in my own life, that like the last couple of years, it's been hard being hard, kind of being past Mm -hmm. pastoring and so forth. But now I look at this two years later, I'm just like, I know now why I had to go through all this crap all this hurt, all this stuff that I had to deal with in my own life, you know, as my role as pastor and stuff like that is because God wants to do a deeper work in me. And I see it now, but a lot of times you can't, you can't figure it out when you're going through all that stuff. Oftentimes, maybe God will reveal to you later. So your goal isn't to figure it out. Your goal is to enter into the sanctuary. And I think that's really what God has called us to do. So anything else any other truth bombs you want to share no no uh, i'm listening to you speak and it's like you know i remember i heard an illustration once about how we have to we can view your, our lives through d- two different types of camera lenses you know they have like mm. the macro lens that you see only your immediate yeah. circumstance but there's also those like telescopic like long lenses where yes. you can see the whole scope of things yeah. and i feel like you know I was, i've been reading through the old testament and um there's such a stark difference between the way we could interact with god back in the Old Testament, the people, and then after Jesus, like we have such a different way that we can fellowship and commune with God. Mm. And I feel mm. like back then, it seemed like a very macro perspective, like God just kind of gives them little bits here and there, like yeah. through, the, through the prophets, like here's a little warning for you, here's a little whatever. But I feel like now as, the, you know, with Christmas and Jesus has come and he's 
torn the veil and now we literally have access into like God and his, we can fellowship directly with God. Like we can have that telescopic view because God shares his vision with his people. And it's not just little snippets here and there. He wants us to see the whole scope of the work he's doing as much as we can in our finite minds. He gives us that big picture. And like you said, sometimes when you're in the immediate moment, you can't quite see what he's doing. But I think I really believe that if you keep asking God, he will continue to show you the work yes. that he is doing on a macro yes. level, on the big scale, and so yeah. that we're not so fixated on the here and now, but we can see glimpses of eternity, which is how God mm. sees the world, mm. you know? So I think that is great. Yeah. So well, we make such a great partner. <laughs> it just, it's we, like I you mean, we always, do. <laughs> you always like deepen stuff. You show, you illuminate yeah. it so beautifully and, and put this stuff out. And I'm just, I just, I just love it. It's but like, that's what it's, you it's just said. I'm just playing off. Of, yeah. I guess yeah, that's it's just beautiful we're a great partner. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful to witness. But anyway, listen, we know that towards this end of the year and this holiday season, there are a lot of disappointments that probably you're dealing mm-hmm. with in your weighing. And we hope that in, in, in every way that you can just surrender yourself to God and, uh, and just try to align you know, your, uh, his concerns and priorities with yours. And I think perhaps you'll see God very differently. Maybe going into next year, that could be your prayer. You could say, you know, God, would you help me to align my life with your concerns and yeah. the things that you want me to yeah. prioritize on? And I think your life will be very different, folks, because God doesn't want you to be this casual Christian where you just think he serves you and he's supposed to be your servant. He wants to be your king. He wants to be your Lord. Mm-hmm. And he wants you. And if that happens, then you must concern yourself with the things that concern him. Right. So I hope that that'll be some fruit for thought for you as we conclude today. And if you have any comments, any thoughts about this, you know, feel free to share. We just love it. And I want to thank everyone who sends us emails or comments on the Facebook or the Instagram post that we put up. We just want to thank you. We do want to thank Gio, who does a lot of our social media stuff. Thank you, Gio. Gio. Thank you. You rock so much. You've been one of the greatest Christmas gifts for me and Sua. Yes. This podcast. For sure. For you. And we're going to have you on very soon. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll catch you in the new year. Take care. Bye.